0: Welcome to the Games Gamescast. My name is Jeffrey Morse. This is episode 114. I'm coming to you straight from the Tangled Shore. And jumping in with me today is Nathan Wagner coming to us straight from the streets of Gotham City, I hear, this week.
1: I'm in Gotham? Man, I must have hit my head the harder than I thought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, our third compatriot here on the show... The one, the only, straight out of Monkey Island, Rob Douglas.
2: What's up? I'll take Monkey Island. Yeah, no. Although I, was... I feel like I, I feel like that's like a chaotic place, dude. You
0: wouldn't want to live in Monkey Island. I thought you loved I pirates.
2: Would... No, I would love to live on Monkey Island. I just was commenting that it would be very chaotic.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, totally. I, I
2: understand. I mean, zombie pirates, <laughs> monkeys giant chickens talking yeah. skeletons well i was it's trying to do intro
0: this week to mix things up but uh i don't know if it worked so moving on <laughs> on to kick things here to nathan uh he's got our results of our uh bracket challenge that uh, we did last week if you didn't listen to episode 113 stop go back right now listen to it uh we did a really fun bracket challenge where we pitted off a lot of uh, games against each other and uh we had a lot of people participate
1: in the online poll so nathan uh, what, what are the uh results breaking news so, just want to say thank you to everyone who voted. Uh, we had 35 total people vote in the result uh, with 500 uh, unique votes. So, that was pretty cool. But awesome. the winner of the bracket uh, coming on in with 32 total votes is Super Mario 64. And, uh
0: So, you guys just copied so all of us. Real original. Thanks, people.
1: Copy <laughs> so Super Mario sixty four was the same as ours, but everything else after that was super different. Number two was Skyrim. Number three was Mario Kart eight Deluxe. Number four was Red Dead Redemption, and number five was Pokemon. So, wow, our, number was, really was, our number two was our number two was Ocarina of Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I think we so had like got, Halo, and, which got eleventh. Walking so, a couple
0: other games up there,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We had some we had some very different games up there at the top, but that's kind of funny to see that you know. People are different. They have different op- opinions. Who would have yes. thought? That's, that's so. Thank you so, so much for.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for letting us hear your voice, and uh, hopefully, we'll try and do stuff more like this uh, in the future because I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was. It's
0: fun just hearing about all those different results and you know what the differences were. Um, but yeah, on today's show, we basically we covering a lot of news. There's a lot of news that came out this week, and uh, we'll be talking about our opinions and impressions on all the different news pieces. And then we're going to kind of have an extended what we're playing part at the end of the show today. Um, I feel like we kind of didn't get as much chance to talk about that last week. And, uh, we've been playing a lot of games this week, so, um, you can look forward to that at the end. Um, Nathan and I got a chance to go hands-on with super smash bros at Best Buy. And, uh, that was pretty awesome. So (laughs) look forward to that at the end of the show. But, um, First news piece we want to talk about is Microsoft has officially announced the X Cloud streaming service. Um, now this is not out yet. This is entering beta next year. We don't have an official date on when this is launching, but uh, basically the gist is you can stream Xbox games on any device. So you have an Android, an iPhone, you know, a tablet. You can stream your Xbox games that you own digitally to that device, and you can play it with touch controls just straight on the screen, or you can you know just connect a Bluetooth Xbox One controller to play it wirelessly. Um, some of the, the uh, little factoids that we have here is right now it's taking about 10 megabits per second uh, w- while you're streaming it. And then they've actually put 54 data centers around the world. Um, so, you know, most of those are in the US, but a lot in the UK and other regions around the world. And that um, really is just to make it as little... Uh, little lag, lag as, possible. as possible yeah just cut down that latency because you don't want to be playing games as it's you know lagging behind or you know buffering and stuff so um that think seems out... like that's their focus is really making this a solid service we can play xbox games anywhere but do it without you know suffering in quality or with lag and
2: stuff so yeah so some of the details i guess some questions that come up in my mind i haven't done as much research into this as you guys might have or You know, and our viewers might be interested in this as well. How much is it going to cost to do this? Um,
0: I don't think they've announced any pricing for this yet.
2: Okay. So
1: not yet. They they haven't said anything about, like, cost or if they're going to ask people to pay for it or if it'll be part of, like, having an Xbox Gold membership or Game Pass. Mm, Or We we don't know any of those details yet. Um, They also said their uh, xCloud will have the ability to stream um, on 4G networks. And uh, we'll also dynamically scale the push-up to uh, 5G networks when those um, start rolling out over the next few years. Yeah. Nice. And so, then
2: another question I had is, do you have to have an Xbox One for this to work? Um, I
0: think, um, no, it, it doesn't, I don't it doesn't think process so, no. from your system. Like, it's, it's not using your Xbox. They literally have these giant data banks where they've built these custom, like, blades yeah. and, like, CPUs that have yeah. all these, like, chipsets and fancy graphic cards and so Basically, they have these micro or super, super powerful computing devices, you know, at these data centers around the world, and one of those data centers is going to light up and start, em- not emulating, but you know, running the game and sending it to your device. So you're not running anything through your home uh, system or anything. And yeah, I think theoretically, if you own any games through your Microsoft accounts, it doesn't matter if you own an Xbox or not, you can play that on any device, which um you know sounds sounds really cool like this is i guess you know the next best thing uh besides you know making a dedicated handheld like you know like the switch or game boy or vita or something like yeah it's playing this anywhere and you can use the controller you probably already have if you play on xbox or if you play on pc you probably already have you know that xbox one controller um i did want to note real quickly though that if you have a launch Xbox One, it doesn't come with Bluetooth. Um, they updated that, I think, about a year or two ago. And so you have to have one of the newer Xbox One controllers um, to use the Bluetooth feature on it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, super cool. I, I'm hoping this is something that's just free with Xbox Live Gold. Um, that, that's my hope. Um, I don't know uh, what the actual service price will be, though. So that's a good question, Rob. That's something they'll have to answer, I think, as it gets closer. But beta yeah. is still you know the- next year so.
1: One more thing about it is uh, the fact that right now they said with their internal testing, it's running at 10 megabits per second, which is lower than what I would have expected. I mean, that's still like pretty high. Um, Obviously, for a lot of people around the world, they don't have those speeds available to them. But I was expecting something like 20 20 to 30 megabits per second. So the fact that it's already at 10 um, is encouraging.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's true. They said they've got it running and and stuff. They showed footage of it, but it's just really. Getting out the kinks and just making it more efficient and you know better, better quality yeah. right now is what they're testing. And
1: the uh, the other interesting thing is, uh, Google announced a couple of weeks ago that they're doing this Project Stream beta, where you can yeah. um, stream games to Google Chrome and play in your web browser, literally. And uh, they are um, requiring you to have at least twenty five twenty five megabits per second oh, wow, um, yeah. connection. That's so the if significantly higher.
2: Have you guys seen uh, the big game they're showcasing for Google Stream right now is Assassin's Creed Odyssey? And yeah. the demo they show of them streaming it is at 1080p with 60 frames per second. Yeah. Streaming.
0: That's impressive, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's really impressive. I was like... But, like, of all the games,
0: like, Odyssey, you know, it looks amazing. Like, it looks like a really good game. Oh, People, yeah. It seem like they're loving work. it. Just... Like, w- what person would want to play that in their browser when they're, like, on the go? Like, I don't know. Like, I just I feel like that wouldn't appeal necessarily to me. That's a game I want to sit down on my couch on my 4K TV and like sit sink three hours into, not necessarily play it, you know, on the go in my hotel room. But um, yeah, cool. that's like cool that's such them, a gorgeous
2: game that I want to see on my TV. Yeah, yeah, but not not necessarily streaming. But I think it's cool that they're trying it with that, and it's cool that Microsoft is doing this. And yeah. streaming's the future, I mean, right? Streaming is the future, which I guess we'll we like soon about not, not little, own
1: little
2: anything up-y. and
1: just. Pay lots of money to subscribe to services, probably. Yeah. I guess we should they, probably talk about the other next gen console that's
2: coming here soon that may yes. or may not be streaming.
1: No, yeah, well, yes, guys, we have a huge update. The Sony CEO, <laughs> uh, I believe, how you say his name? Is uh, Kenichiro Ken- Yoshido? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to say his first name. I'm sorry, um, but he was uh, doing an interview with the Financial Times, and he said, the direct quote was, "At this point, what I can say." Is It's necessary to have next-generation hardware referring to PlayStation 4. And no, so basically duh. he confirmed, <laughs> we're working on the next-gen PlayStation. They didn't say anything else. They didn't even give a code name. But they didn't even say PS5 yeah, or anything. Conf- yeah, the, the, this is official confirmation from the company, which we already knew that, but I guess it's cool to, to see that.
2: Yeah, we've had a ton, ton of other companies, like uh, the CEO of Ubisoft came out and said something about, like, we're planning for next generation. Some other game companies have talked about next generation. But this is really the first actual person from Sony who has said, hey, we are working on the next generation.
0: Yeah, yeah this is official like, confirmation. I mean, just knowing how council cycles work, like, as soon as you ship, you know, the uh, whatever generation, you know, the PS4, or PS3, whatever it is. You, you immediately have teams starting to work and develop, you know, the next one. Like that, those con- these consoles, you know, get developed over you know four, five year periods, pretty much. And so, um, we've had a pretty long generation with PS4. Uh, you know, we got the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X to kind of extend the duration. But you now it's obvious they've been working on it. If they want to get it, have this thing released anytime in the next three years, which
2: you know will probably happen. So, I would say probably looking at a holiday 2019. I think, so I think, one I think year? 2020. I, I think 2020. It's two years. <laughs> You're Maybe. giving 20, two years? Yeah. I'm thinking,
1: are, we, are we making a bet here on the show? Let's make some bets. Sure.
0: Um, it, it'll be two years because PS4 Pro, um, I don't think it's old enough yet. And um, I think it'll be, yeah, additional year. We, we've gotten most of the PS4 exclusives, but, you know, there's going to be next year with Last of Us, and we'll, there'll still be a lot of good releases coming out, Ghost of Tsushima, and then there'll be the dead year, which is 2020, where nothing really will come out until the PS5 launches.
1: So I think, I think 2020. I'm going to split the difference and say spring 2020. They're going to follow the Nintendo and Switch model and uh, <laughs> launch in a weird window.
0: Wait, someone's going to follow Nintendo for releases? I, 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 don't, I don't know about that, Nathan. <laughs> hey, hey, hey.
1: Just look at Nintendo sales numbers for the Switch in 2017 and yeah. you'll understand why it's they also might be the only in that. console
0: that's ever launched successfully in really ever launched period in a springtime. So
1: I and guess I maybe say, times are also, changing. One, of, one of thing with
2: Sony right now is I feel like Sony, the reason I put 2019 holidays, I feel like Sony is a little bit in a desperate spot. They've been in the top spot for the games, they've had the best console in a cycle, but Microsoft is pumping out the streaming service. They have Xbox game pass which has been hugely popular they have all their backwards compatibility nintendo has a switch and they're taking everything in a landslide and so whoa, sony's whoa, whoa, whoa. kind of getting put into this position of all right we need to bring out some big
1: guns to be again. clear sony Rob, is still on the I, top i right. love you but i gotta disagree with you sony is still selling more ps4s than than either the switch over Overall, or the Xbox One. I mean, we don't have data for the Xbox One, but we're all assuming that's probably still happening because Sony is still selling a lot of PS4s. Yeah, true. So, I, so I, I
2: just, I, I'm just saying, like the other companies are breathing right down their necks. They're yes, the they, way, what they are doing and in the innovations that Microsoft and Nintendo are doing are leaps and bounds above Sony's pro. Hey, Sony, Sony has pro. crossplay Bigger now in graphics. one game. <laughs>
0: so no, yeah, I, I agree. Saying. that There's a lot of pressure on Sony, but they. Yes. At the same time, they're still sitting pretty comfortably. And if I was at Sony, I would be at the point where I'm like, I'm going to ride this generation out as long as I can. We're doing good, you know. We're going to sit this on this PS4 for another year or two, um, you know, as long as they get the PS5 out within a year of
1: the new Xbox coming out. I I feel like it'll they'll be fine. Um, but I, I'm much more interested in the Xbox because the the PS4 Pro launched in 2016, so mm-hmm. 2019 that's About three two years. years ago. That's yeah. six years after, if it came out in twenty nineteen, that would be three years from then. It would be six years from the um original launch of the PS four. But Xbox just or Microsoft just launched the Xbox One X last year in twenty seventeen. And so mm-hmm. if they released the console two years directly after that, um especially when it's a five hundred dollar console. <laughs> and yeah, when it's a very five hundred dollars at
2: launch,
0: like yeah, that's asking a lot from your, from your fan base. Yeah, I, I feel
2: like Microsoft's not going to release a new console. I feel like they're going to really build up this streaming box and they're going to ride the Xbox One for probably another three or four years.
1: Yeah. You're crazy, Rob. You're crazy. I know. I if, am crazy. If they, I, right. like to, I like to play this bold. I know. You like to play Devil's advocate.
0: <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, going back to uh, PS4, um, there was a new game announced for PlayStation VR, which I thought we would talk about real quickly because we don't get really big games coming to vr like vr games are totally all about the experience like i loved batman vr like arkham Asylum vr whatever it's called and Mm -hmm. um that's a very short experience like you can finish the whole thing in like three hours like it's really cool but it's not really a full game um but the full game of borderlands 2 is coming to playstation vr and this is uh at least for now a psvr exclusive it's coming december 14th and um, they have basically reworked the entire game to work in VR. Um, so basically you can move via teleporting, which, you know, helps with motion sickness and stuff. Or you can do full locomotion and just walk around like you normally would in a Borderlands game. It has all the DLC on it, which is awesome. Like, you know, it's the full full collection there. Um, they've added new skill sets and, like, things to skill trees and stuff to, like, make use of, like, how you move and control and what you use in VR. Um, This is the full entire game, which Borderlands 2 is an amazing, really, really long, um, tons of content, you know, looter shooter game. Um, There's no price on this yet. And it is in single player, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, You know, those games, like, I only really play them for the co-op. It but
1: is single player or it's not single player? It is only
0: single player. So there's no multiplayer It is only single player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a single player experience, which um, I guess logistically it makes sense because in this game, like, you're going to, with any FPS, really, with... uh, Um, in VR, you kind of have to have like a slow down button or like a teleporting and stuff. And, um, it's really, really hard to, I think, make that work with all the AI and multiple people all using those powers at once. So I understand why it's single player, but I know there's probably a lot of fans who are bummed about that. But anyways, want to give a shout out to Gearbox saying, awesome. I think this is cool you're doing that. Um, I don't think people... We'll stop asking you for Borderlands 3, so still do that. But uh, it, it's cool that they said they've been working on this you know, for the last
1: couple of I years. This is a... I, I'm curious to see... I mean, I guess I haven't seen any numbers on this, but I'm curious to see how something like Skyrim VR did because... It did really as well. As far as I know... It, it still is the, selling really well. Yeah. Well, it is Skyrim. Yeah. But that's like the <laughs> only other like full game that has come to, yeah. to PSVR, right? That for the most part, That yeah. is completely cross-compatible, etc. Doom... It was not exactly the same thing, right? It was somewhat different in some um, of the missions. Yeah, Doom like is
0: that. a little bit shorter. It, it is similar in the case that they took a full game and they you know made it work for VR. But yeah, that is that's not a full game. That is, I think, about an eight, seven, eight hour experience. There's a lot that's not in okay. from the full game. This is literally the entire full game with DLC, it's full game. everything. It's yeah. just not co-op. So, very yeah. cool. It it is pretty cool. So, uh, that's coming December 14th. The sad thing is, it's looking like it's a full standalone purchase. Rather than like an update to like Borderlands Two or something, so you know this will require you to buy the game I mean, over again, which makes
1: sense. But I, I think that kind of makes sense if they spent you know like they like you said a couple of years, kind of redoing this and reworking the whole game to make it work in VR. I, I just have personal. They probably problems. want to make their money back.
0: The PSVR has an anniversary sale on the PlayStation Store now. I just bought like three games, and there's like massive discounts. Like games are like seventy, eighty percent off. <laughs> like it, I told Rob, it feels like those Steam summer sales. I always hear him talk about like how he. <laughs> His wallet is crying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to buy all these games. But uh,
2: Steam is talking because last year they did a Halloween, a Black Friday, and a holiday or a winter sale. (laughs) And so I'm sitting here going, well, I guess I'll save my money for that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know, it's a sale now, too, especially with all the big fall releases coming I out know. at the same time. It, it's crazy, but it's really painful. I, I was able to
0: pick up, like, three games, I think, for, like, 20 bucks, and, like, two of them were games I really, really have been wanting. So, like, I, like, am really glad, and there's, like, over 100 games on sale, and it's awesome. We have a PSVR. Totally check it out. This is the best prices you're going to see on any of these games. But at the same time, I'm like, I probably am not going to be able to justify spending 40 50 bucks on Borderlands 2 when I already own the game, really, and I just, you know, bought all these other VR games, so...
1: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah,
0: probably not. Moving on. Um uh, Walking Dead, the final season. Yeah, you know, I feel like we're going to be giving updates on this like every week on the show from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh there's a really cool update where um Skybound Games is coming in and they're officially going to be uh helping finish the Walking Dead final season and they're kind of saying the right things in the fact that they are saying, hey, we're finishing the game because we really want to see the end to the story. Personally, we want to give the fans an end to the story, and we're bringing in a lot of the original devs to help us with this.
2: We have to ask, we have to talk about Skybound games for a second, because Skybound is a a subsidiary of Skybound Entertainment, which is the guys who own The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, like it's Robert Robert Kirkman's Kirkman's comic company. (laughs) And so Robert Kirkman came out in an interview, say, at Comic-Con or one of the big comic yeah, it was conventions. Yeah, Comic-Con this week, said, New York Comic-Con. And he said, I, he's like, we cannot lose Andrew Lincoln because Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick Grimes on the TV show, is stepping down at the end, sometime in this season. There's a lot of theories about that. If you're a Walking Dead fan, you know about that one. But he said, we can't lose Andrew Lincoln and Clementine in the same year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so something has to be done. So he's stepping in with his company. And Skybound Games, for now, has only been in existence since April 2018.
0: Oh, yeah. So they haven't really done the a only bunch games of projects. Done, but...
2: The only games they've done so far is they helped release, uh, or they're working on releasing Slime Rancher and The Long Dark on consoles. Mm, okay. So they originally set out with the purpose of helping other companies release games and publish games and build on that. So this this fits into that, like helping build the Telltale name, as well as Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead, has a lot of buy-in on this.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes, I feel like this is the perfect scenario, right? Like this is no studio oh, yeah. coming in to finish it because they're passionate about The Walking Dead. Like this is the creator saying, we want to finish this awesome Walking Dead story that, you know, was in progress. They're trying to get as much of the original team in there. They're doing it, you know, for the fans. They want to see the story through. They're going to hopefully do it justice. And you know, this isn't mm-hmm. about saving Telltale. Telltale's not going to be resurrected and start making games again. This is just Skybound saying, "Hey, this is a travesty. This game it would never be completed. Like, let's let's uh, you know do our part to help it come out." Which
2: this is. is I mean, Skybound's coming in and they're basically are purchasing the rights to the Walking Dead games i just re and just finishing to release the game. So Telltale is still dead.
1: <laughs> but at least I'll finally get the last episodes of the season that I already bought. Yay. That's Telltale true. is is definitely dead because they a uh, couple weeks ago, I think it was last week actually, they laid Boston. off their skeleton crew of 25 people that they kept on to supposedly finish working <laughs> on projects so they owed Netflix or something like dead. that.
2: So they're officially officially they're dead. They're officially dead. But so but their project um, will live on. Hopefully, which, yeah. I um, mean, that's important, but you know, you got to hope that telltale and the whole court case and everything with, you know, laying off employees. All, I hope that all works out because those employees do deserve to be paid. Yeah, it's
0: yep. It's still a very sad situation, but you know, at least someone is helping pick up the scraps a little bit. So, Yeah. Um, all right. Next news piece, PlayStation Network. You may finally be able to change your name. <laughs> this is something the community's been asking for for years and years and years because back when they created PS3 accounts, they didn't think about their username, and people want to change it now.
1: <laughs> people were like, oh, I'm 13. I'm going to make a really terrible name, and then... <laughs> They're tied I, to that for the rest I'm of their. I'm personally in the life. camp.
0: If you make a stupid username, you should have to bear that badge of shame for however long you continue to use that name. That that's just me personally, yeah. but um, I know a lot of people have been asking for this. And Sony's infrastructure apparently just wasn't wired to be able to rewrite all that stuff. But they've been hinting that's maybe finally coming this year. Um,
1: yeah, this so, so this news comes from Kotaku and from Jason Schreier, who's the editor of news over there. And uh, basically, he's saying that he's had three different people at different game studios, um, all speaking anonymously, basically saying they're fixing bugs, tweaking settings, ensuring that their games mm-hmm. are compatible with Sony's plans to um, enable name changes on PSN. Um, oh, okay. Like you said, people have been asking this for a long time. Uh, last yeah. year at PSX, uh, Sean Layden, who's um, one of the head of Sony Games, games um, told uh, Greg Miller that he said, you won't have to ask me about, who asked a question about changing names on PSN, said, you won't have to ask me that question next PSX. Because there and is no Sony next PSX. PSX. <laughs> <laughs> so... uh, yeah, that's but yeah, it. this seems like it's been in their plans. And even though there's no PSX this year, maybe this is still happening, hopefully i hope so
0: um i mean i will, I will say this is uh, xbox started this a while ago like back in the 360 gen like you could change your gamer tag um i don't remember what it was but i feel like it was like a ten dollar five to ten dollar charge um to change it i believe
1: it was like uh you got one free change
0: yeah you got I one
1: free. Get, and then i think for subsequent name changes you had to pay like a certain That's amount of money
0: it. well i i just am i'm hoping that it's the same with playstation i had a chat with anthony about on twitter he's like oh like i'm gonna be deleting people because they're gonna be changing their names all over the place like every other week and i'm not gonna know who anyone is i'm like they're they're (laughs) gonna put you know a a little fee on there to make people not just change willy-nilly i think so hopefully you know you're not gonna have a bunch of strangers in your psn account all of a sudden when they when this goes live because that could be confusing for sure but all right so you guys Um,
1: all worked up your top three uh new names you're gonna do right
2: just kidding, just kidding. Yo, yeah, yeah, they, they're all the ones that I used when I was in middle school. Perfect. <laughs> that never changed,
0: never changed them. Um, so I think the uh, next big news that I, I really want to talk about here is uh, Stardew Valley. Um, amazing game. We've, mm-hmm. we've talked about it a lot on the show, you know, when it came to Switch last year. Um, but it is officially coming to iOS platforms um, on October 24th, which... Honestly, I never thought about this, but it makes perfect sense for this game to be on you know iOS or on mobile devices. Um Nathan, being our huge resident uh Stardew Valley farmer, um are you going to be triple dipping to buy this game on iOS?
1: Um is it only ios or is it android as well do you know it's supposed
2: to it's when uh chucklefish was asked about it they said that android is definitely a platform we want to support in the future we're working on it at the moment and are excited to reveal a release date soon i'm sure android will follow
1: for sure i i I don't have an iphone so so that's why why i ask but um yeah i will definitely be tempted to triple dip um i think that's a game (laughs) as you're
0: leaning back smiling to yourself
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is a game that you don't you don't have to have precise controls to play like i could totally see it working with um touch controls and not and it's only got it's only got an eight dollar price tag yeah so it's a little bit cheaper it's fifteen dollars on consoles so Uh it's about half the price on there um i would be curious to see kind of how it works and see it running in motion before i said yes or no either way but it's definitely tempting um just to be able to have it and pull it out at any time. So, so I don't know. do we'll, you think we'll this
0: see. game will actually sell at eight dollars though? We all know people you know, you have to pay two dollars uh, to download a hurt. game on, you know, a mobile device. People go, Oh, I can't spend two dollars, what are you talking about? But like, you know, people go on Steam and they'll spend, you know, eighty dollars on like one sale and stuff. Yeah. Like do
1: you think it's actually gonna sell with that eight
0: dollar price tag?
1: I think it'll sell with certain people, with people who are familiar with the video games industry and enjoy, you know, longer experiences that they it's only not, play. Yeah, it's not for the but it's not going to be like the normal mobile game where people, you know, spend a dollar or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, my gosh, suddenly, like, 300 million people are playing Stardew Valley or something <laughs> as awesome as that was, would be. With yes. games out there on... Uh, Google Play
2: and the I- iTunes Store and Apple Store and everything like Final Fantasy and other games that are closer to eight or nine dollars, and those all sell really well. I think this is definitely for a different niche. It's a different audience than the casual. I just use my phone to play solitaire and Sudoku every once in a while.
0: I mean, Dude, I, I would...
2: do play a lot of
0: solitaire on my phone. <laughs> you guys are such old men You're playing solitaire. What is this? Windows ninety six? Like coming back on your on your phones here? hey i play crossword puzzles on my phone so hey. <laughs> next thing i know you're going to say sudoku and i'm going to kick you off the show um oh my no yeah this, this is, you is cool say, you can uh i forgot oh i was gonna say i'll I'll play uh i'll pay twice twice the price of uh eight dollars to get started on my phone as long as um i'm never forced to uh download or look at animal crossing pocket camp again because that was a abomination of a stardew valley mobile game so
1: hey that was i had fun with that game for a couple weeks
0: i had fun with it for negative 10 seconds all right moving ahead (laughs) uh blizzard co-founder mike morhaime is stepping down after 27 years this is right before really all the big uh blizzard news and uh, blizzcon coming up i think next Mm -hmm. month um, it's so the beginning st- of November, I believe. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. about a month, about a month from now, a little less than a month, and um, yeah, this is kind of crazy when you think about someone's tenure as being at a company for twenty-seven years, especially a place like Blizzard, um, where it's been such a huge, big part of the gaming community. Um, really, I I feel like since the early two thousands with WoW and you know the Diablo games really getting big. So um, yeah, what, what do you guys what do you guys think about this? Do you think this is going to signal any changes in Blizzard or what, what's your impressions?
2: It's definitely going to... We'll, we'll definitely see some changes, I believe, um, because anytime you have a new president step up or executive step into the position of the, the leader of the company, you always see changes. But I feel like Blizzard's model is set up pretty... What we're doing works, and as long as we keep doing what we're doing, we're fine. So... We need Diablo 3 on more platforms. That, that's
0: what they're going to be looking hey, at doing next.
1: There's all those <laughs> rumors of uh, another Do- Diablo possibly coming, yes. uh, being announced at BlizzCon next month. Yeah. So
0: That would be so awesome. I'd be, love that so much. At the same time, I'd be go like, but wait, I was just about to buy Diablo 3 on Switch. Should I save my money for Diablo 4 on PS4 now? No, yeah, uh, it would yeah. be cool. It's been way too long since we got a new Diablo game. And, you know, It's been great they've supported it that long, but I'd love to see that, and I would love to see... Uh, you know, another new surprise like something like Overwatch. You know, get announced or something. So we'll that would see, be
1: cool. I, yeah,
0: um, okay. I do want to say we we have started to see some changes already. I feel like in the last few years with Blizzard, you know, with like for example, making a um, game like Overwatch, a team-based uh, first-person shooter, and putting you know non-Blizzard games on Battle.net like with uh, Destiny 2 and stuff like that so um, well and one of the
2: interesting things with Overwatch is that it's a it's a something that's not the Warcraft world or Starcraft mm -hmm, and they haven't made like that was one of their first new IPs in like 15 years something that wasn't just strictly fantasy
1: (laughs) yeah exactly more more open to the console market and having more of a presence on the console market because before it was, they were exclusively PC and that's it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I honestly, I don't know a lot about this story, but I think Blizzard, I agree with Rob. I think Blizzard seems pretty set up and whatever they're doing is, is working over there. So I think they will continue to do well. Yep.
0: All right. Well, that sounds good. Was there any other uh, news pieces you guys wanted to uh, talk about here before we move on to what we're playing? I do not
2: think so. I don't
0: think so. All right. Well, let's just straight into Smash Bros. then because uh, that (laughs) is kind of been in the news, right? Because uh, they've been doing events uh, going around the country, you know, hosting Smash Bros. uh, demos. So Nathan and I got a chance to go uh, this weekend and we got to wait in the line. It was only about probably about 30, 40 minute wait at Best Buy. It wasn't too bad. Um, But we got to wait in line and we got to play two rounds of Super Smash Bros., Um, I chose for my first one to play Mewtwo because he's my main and he felt and looked great Uh, I don't think he got any crazy nerfs which is awesome but I really wanted to talk about Ganondorf because uh, they made some really good changes to Ganondorf like not only does he look like Ocarina of Time Ganondorf that we remember like super you know creepy guy Um, but he's got the sword for all of his smash attacks and kind of makes him feel a little bit like Ike if you've uh, played with Ike in Smash Bros where you know, just does these big sword slams to uh, get people out of the map, and it was a ton of fun. I could see myself playing more Gandorf in the future. He felt a, a smidge faster, but I think just overall the game just feels a little bit faster. Like, am, am I right there? Nathan? Yeah, the, the, the
1: game the game is definitely faster than Smash Four. Not as fast as Melee, but definitely a little bit faster than Smash Four. I think they're really trying to strike the balance between the Smash Four and Melee players and getting everyone to. Mm-hmm. come play the ultimate smash bros game so. i mean
0: just looking at all those melee levels like remastered and beautiful like redone assets and like hd i'm yeah. just like oh my gosh yeah, one of
1: the one of the levels we played was a uh, uh, princess peach's castle from melee yes. and it looked amazing like even like just oh, yeah. the
0: background of that level. like the, the castle looks super textured and detailed and beautiful and realistic but then you look in the background and it's like full-on like mountaintops with snow caps and like waterfalls and like trees and stuff i'm like this looks like someone like puts the peaches castle in the middle of like the netherlands or something like this is amazing it looks beautiful <laughs> like yeah. it, it just looked really, really and
1: nice i think my biggest impression is just from playing that game again. Uh, it was the same build we got to play at PAX like, like a month ago. But how, just how much detail goes in, has gone into that game, and how much prettier it even looks than Smash 4. And Smash 4, I was like, oh my gosh, this game is in HD. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I don't need Smash to look any better than this. And you <laughs> really get it from, but now it looks even better, and you get it from, um, One is the stages and just the little extra design things um, they put in the background, like you mentioned, Jeff. And then also the, uh, the characters, kind of the character tweaks they've made with it. Um, Everything just looks a little bit sharper.
0: Yeah. Well, there's, there's one point when I landed one of the awesome sword smash attacks with Ganondorf. um, And basically it kind of like made the whole background, like kind of go like purple and just like did this really cool, like kind of color effect. So just there's like little tweaks like that just make it, you know, more visually appealing as well. Um, which is yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. And Rob, I can confirm that the N sixty four stages look exactly how you remember them, just in full HD ten eighty P. Like we played Saffron yeah, they, City, yes. like, which is amazing. Like even the little Pokemon, like little chainsaw that come out, they're still the old little pixelated, like crappy like sprites. <laughs> um, and they they kept the integrity of have, you know the nostalgic looks.
2: They have every sixty four stage, right? Um, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's like every 90% every of them, single like, one, Almost. But all they one. have
1: a lot of them. They have yeah. all the good ones that you enjoyed playing and remember, I'll say.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do I they say. have Leap stage, the one with the tree that blew you off and everything?
1: Oh, they definitely have that
2: one. Yes. Because that <laughs> one was the worst and the best stages ever. Oh, yeah. You got to have
0: Wispy Woods in there. You got to have it. That's a classic. But uh, yeah, it, I, me and Nathan just left, and we just had this huge smile on our faces, and we we're just like, Two months, two two more months to go,
1: right? Like,
2: (laughs) yeah. So, yeah, made me be like,
1: man, why isn't this coming out like the end of this month or at least in November? I I, I just want to play. Probably because the other
2: Mario game that you guys played—that's true—playing came out just the last week or so. Super Mario Party is out,
0: and Nathan and I both picked this up as well. uh So, spent a lot of time playing it this weekend um now just background for everyone who doesn't know i am a bit of a mario party holic if that makes sense where i think i've owned almost every mario party game um i've played them all so so much especially you know the old 64 and GameCube ones and i can confidently say this game is in the top third of mario party games so (laughs) i'm not gonna say it's the best it's it's not bad but it's it's definitely a upper tier top tier Mario yeah. Party game. It's too soon and to give an official ranking, but it's it's good. It's it's worth buying if you like playing, you know, multiplayer. If you enjoy games those on the couch. games, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: I think the, the last Mario Party, Mario Party ten That is a low uh, tier Jeff, Mario you, Party you game. Picked up. <laughs> yeah. They, they got rid of driving in the car it's back to classic you're on a board you're going around collecting stars playing minigames against each other yeah, every round you play um, mini
0: game at the end just like the classic Mario parties you're still rolling rolling dice on your own
1: they added the the tweaks they added some of them are really interesting like the ability there's spaces now where you land and you can a, uh, get allies and so um, Dude, some I love part, the allies. somebody <laughs> might learn on and each of those allies the no, they add either one or two to your dice roll um, each time you roll, so the earlier you get them, the better. And then they also give you, each character has a unique dice block and um, those vary from really high rolls to maybe bad rolls and stuff like that. So it just mixes it up more and um, yeah. it's a, it makes it fun.
0: Yeah, like Wario, and... he has like a six, a six, a six, a six, and then like minus three coins, minus three coins. So like, you're probably going to get a six if you roll it, but there's like Every three rolls is probably going to be a negative three coins. And, like, this game still holds, holds no hands in, like, you know, not caring if you have terrible luck and get completely screwed. Like, in classic Mario Party fashion, we played on the board with my brother-in-law, and he picked Goomba, I think it was Goomba, and he had a zero on his dice block. It was, like, all fours, and then there was one zero. So he had a one in six chance of getting zero. And his first three turns, he got zero. And then his fourth one, he got a four, and then his fifth turn he got a zero. So literally for half of the board, which was ten turns, he rolled a zero and like didn't move at all on the board. So like <laughs> you could still just have the worst luck, and everyone just laughs at you as as you're sitting there in misery. But you do have the option to roll, you know, a standard one through six uh, dice as well. So you're you're kind of you know choosing to risk it if if uh, if you want to. But
1: exactly, and all of the mini games I've played so far, they're all pretty good. There's some that are better than others, but there's no, like, the ones that I've played, there's no ones that you're just like, oh my gosh, it chose this one. Why? Like, there's, yeah. No, yeah. there's no stinkers or duds, I guess. Yeah, man. which, well, yeah, you know, the real test all of the
0: time, fun. the real thing is the test of time, right? You know, if we're still playing yeah. this a couple months from now and we're still really enjoying all the mini games, I think that'll be uh, the telling. Mm-hmm. I will say there hasn't been too many that have really stood out to me is like, oh my gosh, I want to go into mini game mode and just play it over and over again. But like you said, Nathan, it seems like the overall quality of the minigames are good. They're fun. They'll, most of them use motion in different ways, um, which which I'm fine with for the way most of them use it. Um, it's it's they've evolved past Mario Party 8, where like half the mini games were just how fast can you wiggle the Wiimote? And it's they've you know made it with based on timing and doing different unique motions and. There's a lot of yeah. them that use the rumble, which is uh, kind of neat as well, which doesn't seem like it would work, but it does. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I will say one gripe about this game I do have is you can't save boards um, as you're playing. So, like, let's say we all sat down and we were playing, you know, this we did a 20, 20-turn board. We only got to round 13. Someone had to go. Um, you can't save that board and continue it later. You <laughs> have to exit out of it completely, which... Blew my mind because I'm like, they implemented the save your board feature back in the N64 games. Like Mario Party 3, you could save a board and come back to it later and continue it if you wanted to, or you could erase it. Yeah. So like 20 years later, we, we have regressed to the point where you can't save and continue your boards. That is a major bummer. And then the even bigger bummer is, you know, Nintendo Switch Online service has been getting worse the longer I have had it. We've had it for like two weeks now. And I have a list of complaints. know, my cloud saves haven't backed up for no reason. Like, it says I don't have a membership when I do. Like, it just doesn't work. And then in Mario Party, you can't play online with another person on, uh, locally. Like, you know, me and my wife can't jump online and play against Nathan and his wife on their Switch. You can only do one person per console. And per you can only Switch. play five select minigames and those same five over and over and over and you can't select and do a board or do free play mini games. And the online experience is absolutely terrible in this game. And it's because Nintendo is terrible at implementing online structures in their games. So it's not excusable. It's terrible. And Rob, it is, it is. I mean, I I know I'm ranting here, but like Mario Kart eight arms, uh, uh, Mario tennis, those games you can all play with a guest online against other people. But Mario Party, you cannot because Nintendo. Like, who knows why? So just really disappointing (laughs) to see this online mode be such a lackluster and slap together at the last minute affair. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, we'll get some patches and it'll improve or something. But at this point, the online mode's not even really worth messing around with because it's so limited and you can't even play. Like, you can only play if you're sitting there by yourself and you literally have no friends. So, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully my,
1: uh, which is the opposite of Mario Party.
0: Yeah, you want to be sitting on a couch playing with people. But...
1: My my biggest complaint is, um, and I guess it's not a complaint yet, but more of a worry, is the fact that this game ships with only four boards. Mm, yeah. And you get three of those plays, boards unlocked at the start. Once you play all of them, at least once you unlock the fourth board. And they're all pretty fun. They're, they're good boards. They're not um, huge, but they're kind of all Mario Party boards we've seen before where um they don't change up the formula too much or aren't super interesting and i would just really like and i know going forward after playing these boards over and over and over again i'm gonna get tired and be like hey can we have some new boards and the fact yeah. that there's only four instead of something like even like six to eight would be better than, than four so that's a little bit frustrating um, yeah it, as far it as is a smaller amount of than the game. almost every mario party game
2: Um, Well, what I find fascinating about that is, like, you go back to games like Mario Party 2 or or 3 on the 64, and they shipped with, like, five, six stages on the 64 that had way more limited memory space than the Switch ever will.
0: Yeah, so it is weird. Um, I will say they, they did put it in a partner mode where you can play basically 2v2, and you had the option in past Mario Party games to kind of do a team, but it didn't really change the way you played other than the fact that you just shared coins and a star. Um, But the partner mode in Super Mario Party is actually really neat, where you both roll a die, then, you know, you combine your die, and you get to um, move each character that many spaces. And you can either stay together, and if you both land on the star space on the same turn, you can buy two stars, or you can kind of split up and you share items that way. And you kind of have free roaming of the board, like it changes into a grid, so, rather than just going, you know, space down the track, one, two, three, you can literally just, you know, go, okay, I'm going to go up three spaces, left two, down one to land on this specific space so I get a power up. So, there is, I feel like a ton of strategy in that mode, and even though it's the same four boards, it does mix up the gameplay quite a bit, and I'm really looking forward to uh, playing that uh, with, you know, a room full of four people, because um, I feel like it could be a lot of fun. Two Yeah, yeah. So, so that mode is really cool, and there's... Some other modes they experimented with too, with you know some rhythm games, and other things, which which are also all fun. So there's a variety of modes. Just the total boards and the online, you know, aren't yeah aren't uh, quite as good as we hoped.
1: But I mean, I think overall, if you do enjoy Mario Party and if you have a couple of friends that you think you can play this game regularly with, totally worth getting it in my opinion. Um, just if you like kind of the core standard Mario Party and have been itching, um, the series to kind of return to its roots. <laughs> mm.
0: And yes, the first board I played, I was in last place the entire time, and on the final turn, I bought two stars, was still in last place, got the two bonus stars, and jumped from fourth to first in the end game and won the board. So,
2: still possible. You can still <laughs> screw your friends over in the last minute. Exactly, I love it. So, um, classic, classic Mario, Mario Party. party. <laughs> but uh, I know
0: Nathan, you haven't played some other games, but let's kick over to Rob here. Rob, uh, I know you've been playing some more Monkey Island. You want to give us an update on where you're at?
2: I'm still pretty early in the game. I only got maybe 20 minutes to play it the other day and played just a little bit here, there, kind of wandering around. And I'm trying to do, you know, the Monkey Island games are one of those games that are all the puzzles and everything. So I'm trying to do it with minimal, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let me look something up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Is there
0: any guides or anything? Well, I feel like you kind of have to use guides on those at some point. Otherwise, you're just wasting all this time sitting there doing you know, nothing. There's...
2: And the, the thing about Monkey Island games and games that LucasArts put out during that time period were they were all... All the solutions to the puzzles were things that you would not even think about. like so pretty obscure. Like, one was collect this dandruff that's on this jacket that actually turns out to be lice, and then you take the lice and you put it on this comb, and then the guy goes to this other, you know, and the barber uses the comb that has lice on it and says, oh my gosh, I have to cut all your hair. So then after cutting all of his hair you can get this next step it's just ridiculous like the <laughs> the way you do this it just
1: the puzzles baffle me and to be clear you're playing the curse of monkey island which is the third one correct this is the third one so okay
2: the first and the second were very good the third one was okay uh, most reviewers agree and the fourth one was horrible and then the fifth one is the telltale Uh, tales of monkey island so they have the fourth one available on gog but that's it so we'll crank through the third one we'll maybe get to the fourth one sometime eventually in the future but for now (laughs) cool anything else yeah so i've also been playing some dragon age inquisition um i started over because i was in the i started over a few weeks ago because i got it on ps4 so this is a new playthrough going through it and as i'm going through it i find i got into the hinterlands, which is one of the biggest things about dragon age inquisition that people say is that you have to get get, you have to just get out of the hinterlands. don't finish the (laughs) hinderlands just do what you need to do and get on and so which goes
1: counter to your personal gaming philosophy is that correct (laughs) my personal gaming philosophy is
2: completionist and so (laughs) i like I've already done more in the Hinterlands than I probably should, but we'll see how much longer I stay there so like, when <laughs> well, you start that... when you start a new file
0: like in Dragon Age Inquisition um, it can it be pretty different depending on what you choose because if I remember from what I've played, like I feel like there was a lot of different classes and stuff you could start with like does that yeah. change the game up enough where it makes it makes you want to keep playing it through or does it still feel pretty similar?
2: Well, the one thing about Dragon Age, all three games. Well, not really two. Two, you're pretty landlocked into one, you know, male or female hawk. Um, But the first and the third game, so Origins and Inquisition, the cool thing about picking different races is that each of them has their, you know, in Origins, each of them had their own unique introduction, like prologue.
0: Well, oh so the, like the intro is like different.
2: So like the first hour, well that was the first Dragon Age. The first 2 hours of Dragon Age Origins, the intro was different. This one the intro is the same regardless of what class or race you pick, but the way the world interacts with you, people will talk to you differently. Oh
0: cool.
2: Like I'm playing as a canary, which is one of the big horned creatures that, you know, you basically almost never see in the game and so people treat me with a certain disdain some people are like really suspicious of me because they're like whoa you're one of those guys um as well as i'm like they're like seven and a half feet eight feet tall mm-hmm. so everybody looks up to you
1: which is <laughs> so are you are you passed further than you got in the xbox 360 version that you played
2: or are you still I, you're not about, the same. A,
1: about the same i
2: almost caught up to where i was in the 360 version because i would never gotten past the hinderlands in the 360 version <laughs> okay get past the hinderlands that's your job so, next week we want to report past the hinderlands on it and then the last game i've been playing i played some more fallout 3 i don't know why but the other day i just started playing it again and it's it's got you back in its clutches fallout 3 <laughs> i think the very and first episode
0: I... of the show you were playing playing fallout 3
2: yep I uh beat another one of the main story missions, so moving a little further in that, but
1: still kind of like Fallout 3 So this show has been going for like two and a half years and Rob is still playing the same game. <laughs> and he's not
0: like this isn't like replay, Sorry. this is like continuous the same playthrough
1: playthrough yeah. that he's had yeah, for many, Fallout many three years.
2: Three years now. Oh
1: my gosh. Sorry Rob. I just thought that was really funny. I just keep trucking at it. <laughs> okay. Good for you. Good for you. Maybe
2: one day I'll actually finish it. <laughs> yeah. I actually cool. uh, started a, a
0: lot of new games this week. Um, I have uh, been playing Forza Horizon Four, um, which you know came out last week. It's pretty much Xbox's big, really only big exclusive game uh, for the fall, and uh, I've really, really been liking. it. I've been liking it a lot more than I I thought I would. Um, Pretty much, you just jump straight into a car and you start driving. And as you're going, it kind of seamlessly, like it looks like it's a cutscene, like with cars driving. And then you just enhance the controls to you. It's like this game just looks unbelievably like gorgeous and detailed. Like the environments look so bright and colorful. Like it's not when I think Forza, I usually think you know realistic, very plain you know racetrack levels. But this is like full on giant. World, and I think you're like in the far off pastures in like England. So it's like kind of this old English style buildings everywhere. You have like stone, stone cobblestone, like walls throughout there. There's lots of trees and there's sheep and wildlife. It's very beautiful. And, um, the new thing about this game is you kind of have open, open, uh, freedom to explore the world, wherever you want to go in your car. There's events that pop up all around, kind of like burnout paradise. And, Basically, about two hours into the game, uh, once you complete enough events, it basically says, hey, you know, it's going to be fall time now. And all of a sudden, like, the entire world map, which is massive, changes seasons. So, like, not only does it look different with, you know, the colors of fall are in there, but, like, it's raining more in fall. So, like, I played the same event In the fall season, it was totally different because you could drift way more. So the car, like, handles differently? Yeah, it handles differently because you could drift way more because it was muddy and it was raining. And so, like, I loved playing in that because, you know, I love drifting. And so I would just, you have to, the whole event feels totally different just based on the weather, uh, the dynamic weather system. Um, And, you know, I'm starting to progress through and I'll unlock, you know, the winter season and then get into the summer season. And I'm guessing the game just kind of cycles through those seasons as you're progressing through the main uh, missions and stuff like that but it looks like with the snow missions like literally like it's like packed with snow everywhere so like i i'm really excited to see how that controls and stuff but um just probably really not a lot very of fun. well yeah no it it's it it's really well, it cool be because, really exciting yeah there's there's so much difference and like i've only explored probably like a sixth of the the world map so far like it's just massive um and it feels really really dense like it doesn't feel like you know it's really, really spread out and there's nothing to see. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not empty. Mm -hmm. So really been like it. There's there's stunt missions which I are my favorite to do because like there's this Hollywood producer and he's like, our stunt driver walked out on us. Like I heard you were good. Like sure, give it a shot. We'll give you this car. And you drive this car, then like he's narrating like all right the action hero stole stole an airplane and he's shooting you down. Oh, don't worry, just keep driving. Well, I added some effects in in uh in post-production and like it's just kind of really funny and you're <laughs> going through and you know you it has you jump off this crazy thing off of a hill and so there's a lot of variety and it's kind it's kind of arcadey. that's what the Horizon series is known for and yeah. but, um Horizon 2 which I played um I didn't really enjoy very much, but this fourth one is really really good. It's 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 a lot of fun. So um, if you have xbox you uh, definitely check it out it's on xbox game pass you can play it through there um, and yeah it's it's a really awesome racing game it's best racing game i've played in a really long time so looking forward sounds to, really time cool yeah nathan you, is, you, is... you, you played it a little bit when you came over i, I did what was play your initial it impression yeah
1: it, it felt good the, the game looked absolutely gorgeous i was the first thing i noticed was just the colors it just draws you in a ton because i I was playing it in on fall the fall season and the colors were just absolutely gorgeous and the car handled pretty well like it was a lot of fun but it also was a little bit more semi than like a super arcade game so yeah i thought that was interesting and uh i've i've kind of followed the series um just watching it for a while and it's been one of the few reasons where i'm like i would be tempted to if i had an xbox i would want to pick up this game and play it so it seems like uh and from what you're saying it sounds like it's a lot of fun so yeah, good it's to hear awesome. we're really really fun
0: just, another good release that's come out this month
1: i've always struggled with car games
2: i just i get bored really quickly in car games
0: Dude, this is the one for yeah, you because fine. it's not quite like burnout where like you're boosting all the place going crazy crashing into things but like literally you can be driving on the road and then just be like screw the road. I want to go off road and start going through this brick wall and like rocks are flying everywhere. I'm going to go through a herd of sheep and they, as they run and scatter, then just go straight through this windmill on the top of the hill and just do a really long jump. So plus, it's just, is awesome in that way. It gives you so much freedom.
1: Plus, if you go to the map, there's a bunch of like different um, missions and races and stuff marked on the map. Right. So yeah. 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 And you can Rob, choose, with his love of choose what you want to do. Open world games and, 100%ing everything can just uh, slowly <laughs> click through the whole map. I think, that,
2: I think the part about car games that frustrates me the most is I'm just not good at them. Uh, okay. and well, that's so that's no problem. Do, I'm, I'm one of those people that I sit there and I do the race, and I come in second and third over and over and over again for an hour and a half. And after doing it 20 times, I finally like rage quit. So, yeah, like, one thing I actually that's nothing that you reminded
0: me of rob is the progression in this game is awesome because it's not like you know your standard mario kart or you know most racing games where you're entering a cup and basically you have to get first place to get the gold medal or you know you play four races in a grand prix and you're trying to you know get the gold this is like you literally choose an event and you do it and it doesn't matter really what place you get in you're still progressing just you're know, getting first place is going to progress your experience and your followers and like your credits like you're gonna get more but like even when I was getting last place it was still worthwhile for me to finish the race because I still get experience and I'm still leveling up and progressing in the game I don't have to go and replay the mission if I don't want to like it's not oh you know you got second push a to replay the race that was five minutes long you're doing the same thing again like I've never played the same event like twice, and it's always progressing, always moving you forward, keeping it fresh. So see I, that I really actually, like
2: that. that actually is attractive. Yeah,
0: so, <laughs> so it's 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 really cool. I, I've Wait. just been very impressed by it. So um, cool.
1: Any anything else you're playing, Jeff?
0: Yeah, I've been playing a couple other games. Uh,
1: I thought it'd be kind of fun
0: to just talk real quickly about a VR game. I've been I've been playing Roots because you guys know you know I've been getting into VR. Um, I've been playing Robinson: The Journey, which is made by Crytek, which as you guys probably know, they with Crisis like 2 and 3, they make
1: beautiful things.
0: Yeah, they make beautiful, realistic games. And so, this game is one of the best looking games on VR in a way, which is how hyper realistic it is. Um, I'll say, gameplay wise, it's kind of dull and it's not that fun. Because uh, the whole idea is like you're in this, it's like Robinson Crusoe, right? That's where it gets the name, where you basically crash land on this alien planet and there's basically, you're trying to survive. And there's little, like, dinosaurs on that you go. I assume there's big dinosaurs you find later on. I haven't gotten that far yet. But you're interacting with dinosaurs, and that's really cool. But the puzzle solving is really boring. You're just, like, plugging in things to get your camp working. And you're just going and finding pieces of your ship that has crashed. And it's weird because you literally have, like, hands in the game. And, like, you're holding, like, this remote control thing to, like, scan things with, which is fun. But, like, it doesn't use the move controllers, like – it's bizarre that it doesn't include that support. Yeah. Like you're literally holding like a wand thing already in the game. Um, so that's really where they does yeah, that. And the weird. controls don't work good with the dual shock. So I feel like I'm fighting the controls half the game where like you're climbing up rocks and stuff and you're just pushing the left and right triggers and it's kind of awkward. So um not very impressed with the beginning of the game. It does look really, really nice. Like you can go, Oh, whoa, look, there's a giant jungle filled with all these beautiful dinosaurs. But um, haven't really progressed through there so i i'm not that cool. impressed with it yet so i don't know if yeah. i'll if i'll
1: keep playing it at this point but. if you can keep going or not yeah
0: um other than that things. i've just been chugging away in spidey trying to get that platinum um and i will How say you this may sound slightly elitist but spider-man's <laughs> platinum trophy is too easy and my proof is the platinum trophy has i think it's a little bit over 10 percent right now which this is a brand new game, like people haven't you know been playing this game for months and months. It's already at ten percent because you don't get any trophies um for beating the game on hard difficulty like that's what I did this because I wanted the challenge and i I don't regret that like that's how I think it was meant to be played, but you could literally play through the entire game on easy and not get gold like on any of the challenges and like not get three stars and all these things and not complete everything and you can still get the platinum trophy, which
1: dude it's I think that's awesome like the, <laughs> I like the frustrating that. thing about platinum trophies is the fact that like you have these hard challenges that you have to do and you have to be good at the game if you're just bad at video games, but enjoy playing them and can do everything and still get a platinum. That's encouraging. <laughs> if you're bad at so video games, you shouldn't great.
0: be able to get a platinum. Platinum means you've mastered the game and you've done everything there is. If you played the entire well, game yeah, on baby
2: mode, you shouldn't be getting. a But you've a trophy done for everything
1: that. there is in the game. You just haven't done it at the hardest difficulty setting. So that's
2: One of the, the things that really bothers me about the because then you have to go back and you have to replay the whole game, especially a longer game. That's a lot of yeah, work to, to, to get it on hard. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn, I got the Platinum on that because they said beat it on any difficulty. I, I beat it on normal because I was like, I don't really yeah, want to well, have like, it Yeah, well, New like Game PC, Plus is a different thing. But...
0: There's no New Game Plus yet. Um, they are working on it. They'll add it in at some point. But, like, with Ratchet & Clank, I had to play through the game a second time to get the Platinum, which was, you know, that's Insomniac's other PlayStation-exclusive game that they made. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed doing that because... It is like a new game plus where you go back through and you already have access to all your weapons, but the difficulty is harder. But you you're more powered up, and then you're finding everything again a second time. And I really enjoyed that challenge. And again, that platinum is pretty easy to get. That game's not super hard even on the new game plus mode. But I don't know. I it, I feel like I was working really hard. Then I just got to the point where in the challenges I'm like, there's really no point to getting gold on this challenge because I'm getting no reward. There's no leaderboards. There's like, even Sunset Overdrive had leaderboards on the challenges, and it doesn't really drive me to do it. Instead, I'm just swinging around for five hours trying to find the randomly generated crimes to complete, because that's the only thing I'm missing to get the Platinum Trophy. And I feel like I'm just wasting time rather than doing something that shows my dedication and skill to the game. But um, Interesting. Uh, still a really good game. I haven't played it yet. It, it's, a, yeah. it's not really a complaint. It's just kind of a weird thing that I noticed that a you grievance. Really see. Yeah. But really good game. Definitely cool. still recommend it if you are looking for a uh, amazing single player game. It's the best one that's come out this year. Come at me, God of War.
1: Whoa, uh, whoa, ooh. whoa, whoa! Let's fight, baby.
0: <laughs> now, God of War. I think that platinum is about five percent. Um, which that game's been out for a long time. That was not at five percent. You know, within the first month it came yeah. out. But yeah. that I, that just shows testament to how how. Uh, many people love that game i think it's a hard platinum but people just you know love that game and wanted to go through it yeah um yeah i i think that's about it for me um nathan was there any any other games you wanted to talk about
1: um i just want to shout out two really quickly uh one is i played uh, episode three of uh, batman enemy within which is the second season of the telltale series Mm -hmm. and this whole season has really disappointed me as compared to the first season oh, so far like the first season i really enjoyed and uh, liked a lot but uh episode one of uh enemy within i i enjoyed and thought was really good and seemed like it was setting up interesting characters but episodes two and three both um kind of the way they executed things and the the way where the story went um while it kind of surprised me it wasn't like a good surprise it was kind of like oh this is Boring. This isn't what I want to be doing. Playing through this game, so yeah, That's a I s- still am kind of disappointed by. it. I have heard that episodes four and five, especially five, are like some of the best Telltale ever made. So I want to finish wow. it off and see how that is. But just a bit of a bummer to say that. Uh, so far it's it's not holding up to the first season.
2: Mm.
1: And then um, the other game I started was Mafia Three. Um, that was on free on PS Plus a couple months ago, and yeah. it came out last year. And it's really interesting because you start the game and it basically shows. It's like a GTA shows... type game, right? Yeah, it's an it's a open world game. It's set in like a 1960s version of uh, basically inspired by New Orleans, but not actually New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but the story is told through It seems like someone is making a documentary about the main character you play as. And so these people are kind of talking about what happened and they go and interview different characters that you then meet as you play through the game. And I haven't played a lot. I played, like, the first two hours. And I think the story is really interesting. It deals with kind of, like, racial tensions and um, bigotry towards... Because the character is half half black. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that part is really cool. So it's but a the actual story. Op- it's a pretty serious story, yeah. And I think that's, that's neat. But the actual uh, open world and gameplay um, seems pretty kind of by the book. Like, the open world is similar to GTA. There's not... So far what I've done, you kind of just drive around to different parts of the city there's no new interesting hooks or anything like that most of the gameplay is you're just using guns to shoot bad guys and that's all i've done so far so i've only played the first two hours but it's the gameplay isn't that fun and i'm not sure if i'll go back to it but the story is yeah. really interesting that was cool. the problem i played the demo
2: of mafia 3 and um talked a little bit about it also and it was gorgeous like the cutscenes and all the animations and everything it's really gorgeous it looks really good and then the gameplay and the controls were really hard to
1: play. It's, I mean, they're fine. It's just, like, I feel like I've kind of been spoiled by really fun um, third-person open-world games, especially lately, to have one yeah. that's kind it's of average meh. Breath of the Wild, <laughs> of the Wild um, even something like God of War or mm-hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn um, is far superior, so...
0: My problem yeah. is now if I go play Mafia 3, I'm just be like, why can't I web-sling? I'm moving so slow. <laughs> I want to be Spider-Man. <laughs> so
1: that's going to be every open-world game for you.
0: Uh, uh, hey, I'm excited. Spider-Man's a great game. Everyone should still go get it. I'm going to keep saying that every episode to the end of the year. And uh, the Venom movie is terrible, so don't see that. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. That's it. Great. I think that's it. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to our show we appreciate you, listeners. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are on the Google Play Store, Spotify. Uh, we'd love for you guys to give us some love. Uh, give us a review. Let us know if you have any feedback for the show. And follow us on Twitter at Halosyn underscore games. We leave you with the Metal Gear Solid 2 main theme. Have a good week, everyone. See ya. See ya.